on the YouTube. I'm Dave Rubin and welcome to another Rubin Report Friday Roundtable Extravaganza. Today we're going to be talking big tech censorship lawsuits. Joe Biden finally, we finally got a Democrat to say something against the C word and LA County has just reinstated its mask mandate. I'm so thrilled I can't even put it into words. Joining me today are a senior fellow at the Claremont Institute, which just had a big hit piece written on it, David Raboy, uh, political commentator and Twitter ban recipient, Rogan O'Handley, and lawyer at the Dillon Law Group, Ron Coleman. Fellas, welcome to the Rubin Report. Thanks, Dave. Great, Great to be here. on, Dave. All right, I think you guys are basically as perfect a trio as possible for me to have on right now because there is so much going on in the censorship world. It's actually completely insane. So we're gonna start uh, with two videos from White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. And I, I've been showing videos of her for the last couple of weeks. This woman cannot say a true statement. Like it's, it's actually impossible for her to say anything even close to true. Uh, and now she's going all in. They're basically admitting that the administration coordinates with Facebook at least and probably some of the other big tech companies to censor our legal speech. So here is clip one. So about, I think this was a question asked before, there's about 12 people who are producing 65% of anti-vaccine misinformation on social media platforms. All of them remain active on Facebook, despite some even being banned on other platforms, including Facebook, ones that Facebook owns. Third, uh, it's important to take faster action against harmful posts. As you all know, information travels quite quickly on social media platforms. Sometimes it's not accurate, and Facebook needs to move more quickly to remove harmful, uh, uh, violative posts. Posts that will be within their policies for removal often remain up for days. That's too long. The information spreads too quickly. Finally, we uh, have proposed they promote quality information sources in their feed algorithm. Facebook has repeatedly shown that they have the leverage to promote quality information. We've seen them effectively do this um, in their algorithm over low quality information, and they've chosen not to use it in this case, and that's certainly an area that would have an impact. So these are uh, certainly the proposals. Uh, we engage with them regularly, and they certainly understand what our asks are. Okay, before I do anything else there, uh, Ron, I think your microphone might be doing a little something crazy there, so we're getting some background information. So we're, back, we're getting a little background sound, so try not to move it that much. I think that might be you, uh, but we shall see. All right, there's a lot that she said there. I mean, in essence, the administration is now flagging posts for Facebook. So that means the government is telling a, you know, quote unquote, private entity what to do related to speech. And they're warning us about these 12 people that are spreading misinformation about vaccines. I mean, I think even if it is misinformation, you're allowed to speak freely in America. At least that's what I thought. Uh, Rogan, as the Twitter banned guy, uh, I'll let you chime in here first. What is going on between the government and big tech? I mean, we have Cuba here at home. You know, yesterday was the first time we heard the Biden administration actually openly uh, denounce communism. Yet in the other hand, they're promoting communist China censorship practices now on the biggest social media platform in the world. I think that these people should be reminded that she's not a uh, you know soccer mom. She's not on a political campaign. She is the voice of the White House. 
the executive branch, our federal government. Our First Amendment was put in place specifically to stop this type of censorship practice, and they seem to, they don't even mention it. They don't even mention freedom of speech. going to balance their interests against it. All they want to do is censor any dissenting voices against this administration. Ron, I'm not a lawyer, you are a lawyer, but this seems like the outsourcing of tyranny. Basically, the administration says, oh, we know that we can't ourselves just completely take away the First Amendment, but we can tell big tech companies what to do. I mean, she's literally saying we are flagging for them. That, that word for implies they are working together to censor speech. Yeah, it's really problematic, and it, it strikes me as a purposeful, rolling out of the position that the government's going to take here. I don't think, I think it, whether it's as a result of the lawsuit that we filed on behalf of Rogan against California and a number of other entities, including Twitter, or whether it's unrelated, which is possible, it seems that the that the federal government, in other words, that the Democratic Party, I don't think there's much of a difference at this point, have made a decision that they're going to fight and be prepared to die on this hill which they can't do. The Constitution does not allow you to outsource censorship. Anything the government the government cannot do, the government can't hire someone else to do either. Hire or influence or pressure or work with. Which, by the way, this is completely consistent. You guys may remember the hearing about a year ago where AOC was basically trying to pressure Mark Zuckerberg into censoring things on Facebook. And, and he said, you know, we can't do that. If you pressure us to do that, that's a First Amendment issue. I mean, I don't have that many great things to say about Zuckerberg, but in that case, he was right. Uh, Raboy, I know you've been tracking this stuff forever. I mean, I assume none of this surprises you, but are you at least, are you somewhat surprised that there's basically no pushback almost anywhere. I mean, yeah, a bunch of us on YouTube, but like, that's pretty much it. Right. I mean, I think this is uh, basically an illegitimate hearing. Um, I, th this is clearly where they have been going for the last several decades from, you know, Mar Marcuse until now. I mean, when I grew up, I tell this story a lot. Um, I think I was in fourth or fifth grade when we, when we talked about the Skokie Nazis. And I was in a Jewish school, and the moral of the story was that that um, that uh, that our liberty was more important than any particular security we may feel, mm -hmm. um, and 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 the right of people to speak or to assemble under the First Amendment is is you know is is paramount. And uh, we spent 20 years throughout the um, the war on terror having this argument in one way or another, and it seems like as soon as the Democrats got into power. As soon as they got the, um, you know, as, as soon as they made the long march through the institutions, uh, you know, this one, in, including the uh, the political institutions, but also the corporate institutions, with regards to big tech, then you know it's 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 game on in order to censor speech that um, that that they don't like, and um, obviously this is it should be incredibly troubling to you know not only your listeners but but really to every American. Um, this is your birthright. And um, and it's uh, and it's it's disappearing really really fast. And the other thing is, it puts a lie to a lot of the folks who are saying, "Oh no, you know, start your own X, Y, and Z. Start mm -hmm. your own, you know, massive uh, social media uh, conglomerate with millions of um, you know of users and and and, and such." Um, they're demanding it all be shut down, and it's really only a matter of time until we get 
to the point where this is going to be a, you know, a, a real fight out in the open. Um, you know, the government trying to shut down every single outlet. For example, they're going to go after locals. They're going to go after. Um, they're really going to go after everybody because, as as Ron said, this is um, they're 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 spelling out the future priorities of. Um, you know, of the uh, of the kind of progressive state. Right, and of course the irony is that if they were going after misinformation, if that's really what they were going for, you'd have to ban every CNN correspondent, every MSNBC correspondent, right. uh, you know, Brett Kavanaugh, Jesse Smollett, like all of these hoaxes, Russia, Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera, Covington kids. So yeah, you're gonna ban all those people. I don't think that's exactly what they're doing, but Raboy, you gave me a great segue to this other clip that we found literally two minutes before we started. This is Saki this morning, and now now it's not just that if you're banned from one thing, maybe you have a chance on some of the others. They're pushing for the whole damn thing. Let's take a look. Uh, providing uh, for, for Facebook or other platforms to measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform uh, and the audience it's reaching. Uh, also with the public, with all of you, um, to create robust enforcement strategies that bridge their properties and provide transparency about rules. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation. Man, she's evil. I, I have no other way to describe it at this point. She is evil. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others. Well, first off, I thought they were private companies, but I guess we're learning that they're not. Uh, Rogan, you were banned from uh, Twitter. So first off, do you want to explain a little bit of what your lawsuit is, which Ron is your lawyer. I should have mentioned that up top. Do you want to explain that? And then and then, are you anywhere else at the moment? Because under Saki's rules, uh, you'd be persona non grata. Yeah, I mean, per Saki's uh, protocol, I should be banned off all platforms uh, after being, uh, you know, uh, uh, malevolently banned on Twitter. You know, they're compounding the problem here. So I am on almost every platform I can think of. I have over three million followers, thankfully, across these other platforms. But I had almost half a million on Twitter. I was rising very quickly. And, you know, I had the audacity to question election irregularities after the election had taken place. I am a licensed lawyer in the state of California. I also have common sense. And when I read sworn affidavits, hundreds of them, when I see dead voters voting in Michigan, when I uh, uh, you know, look at these videos of pulling you know, pallets of uh, ballots under, under from tables when Republican observers have been kicked out, I ask questions and I say, hey, we should probably look at this further. No different than you know what Stacey Abrams did in the 2018 gubernatorial race and what recently Mayor de Blasio did with the you know car accident of a Democrat primary where they had 135,000 test votes accidentally mixed in. So um, I, I asked for the same things. I said we should audit California elections and my tweets started to get censored on election stuff. Uh, you know, where it says it cannot be retweeted or commented due to risk of violence. Um, so asking for an audit was a risk of violence in their minds. And Judicial Watch actually uncovered uh, thousands of emails from the Secretary of State to Twitter, where they specifically cited multiple social media influencers, including myself, in that specific tweet on California and asked them to censor it. Twitter, of course, complied and obliged them. And, uh, you know, I, uh, six weeks or so later, was ultimately banned for, you guessed it, election integrity issues. So, uh, you know, we, we, in my opinion, have them dead to rights here with the evidence. This is a clear joint state actor situation where Twitter goes from a private company to an extension of the, of, of the state government. 
at that time. So I think discovery will be a very interesting process to see what else was going on behind the scenes. Right, maybe you are one of the 12 people that Saki is worried about. That would be, that would be quite an honor. Ron, at a legal level, uh, when she's saying, when Saki's saying, we flag them for Facebook, what's the process in discovery, basically, that you have to do as a lawyer to prove, oh, yes, it's not that they're just sending them and saying, hey, do what you want, but in essence, that is coercion in and of itself. Well, we have a lot less to do now than we had to do a week ago because of the <laughs> statements that she just made. Those are right. admissions. They couldn't be, and you'll notice that she was reading a very, carefully prepared mm -hmm. statement. And you, this reinforces my view that, it, that an executive decision was made by the leaders of the United States government, whoever those people happen to be, to, uh, to, as I said before, to roll this out. The words were chosen and words were very, very carefully. So we have to do a lot less, but what we want to do is get a hold of as many emails as were not, or I mean, with the work that's already been done by Judicial Watch, which essentially does what journalists used to do, yeah. uh, we've got so much right now. The only thing that I think that, that we would need to do is to just make sure that, you know, things were even hotter smoking guns were, were not withheld from the, from the FOIA requests and take some depositions. Uh, they're admitting what we're accusing them of. Mm -hmm. And they're also setting up future likely damage, constitutional damage, which is considered to be irreparable harm by virtue of essentially admitting that they want to coordinate the United States government's policy and enforcement actions with the program of an organization, a coalition of organizations called Change the Terms, which you can find at changethetherms.org. It's a rogues gallery of, of left-wing anti-speech activists, and they're precisely trying to uh, set up a situation where, as she said, if you are banned on one social media platform, you're banned on all social media platforms. In the case of someone like Rogan, who makes his living entirely from social media uh, right now, um, destroy a person. Yeah, guys, you know, we're gonna actually dump the second story. Biden said communism, okay? It's a miracle. A, de a Democrat actually said the word communism because we, we obviously gotta keep going with this. Um, David, do you think that what Ron just said there, that, that they're sort of admitting it now, right? It's a caref carefully worded statement where she said four, but in a weird way, this reminds me of my show last week. I had uh, author Walter Kern on and we were talking about Tucker and the NSA. And what his point was is, they want you to know that they're spying on you. They want you to know that they're in cahoots with Facebook because then they just put it all out in your face and then they just make you more fearful. Like that, that we're at that stage of America, basically. Right. Yeah, I, I think Walter is a very smart guy um, in addition to being a, a, um, a great writer. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we've, we've got a situation where, um, you know, maybe the, the silver lining here is that, uh, we can hate them, you know, maybe a fraction as much as they seem to hate us. <laughs> right. I, I don't know that we're going to do anything about it. Although some of us are actually everyone in these boxes is doing, doing a little bit of something. Rogan, what would you want 
to happen with your lawsuit? I mean, is the, is the goal of the lawsuit they just let you back on Twitter or, or should we just try to destroy these companies? I mean, even right now, after you said what you said a few moments ago about the election, like technically I'm pretty sure YouTube's allowed to blow up my channel for that just because you expressed your, your free sentiment right there. Well, I express sentiments that are being validated across the country with the democratic process at the state level. We're seeing it in Arizona. We're seeing it in Georgia. And I, you know, am aware of YouTube strict guidelines, trying very much to play in them while also just reporting on the news that is actually occurring in the world. Um, so, you know, it, I, I've told people, people have asked me, they're like, oh, how much money are you going to get? You know, what, what would you take a settlement? And I tell them, listen, they could come to me tomorrow, six months from now, a year from now with, a, you know, a written offer, $20 million uh, in your pocket. We'll give you your Twitter back. This all goes away. And I would say, hell no. We're taking this all the way to what I hope is the Supreme Court. And we'll have O'Hanley v. Padilla in law school textbooks one day. And it will be the case that gives us at least partial First Amendment rights on social media to protect all Americans now and forever in the future, because uh, this is a massive problem. Unfortunately, we have spineless GOP, uh, you know, rhinos dominating Congress, and they have refused, refused, even as the sitting president of the United States was banned from the platform, they still have refused to make it the number one priority legislative issue. Uh, we're starting to get some movement now, but in my opinion, this is the greatest civil rights battle of our time, and we're gonna fight it all the way to the top. And frankly, I think if we get to the Supreme Court, it'll be at least a seven, two, eight, one, maybe even nine, zero decision. Ron, what, that, is it, what does it yeah, say about, uh, what does it say about the state of America, such as it is, that uh, we're relying on a couple of mm -hmm. justices, mm -hmm. you know, and not even really a couple of justices, but, uh, you know, several judges, um, you know, up and down the line, um, you know, before before it even gets to uh, to the Supreme Court. I mean, these are the most fundamental, you know, your ability to speak freely and to to organize um, is the most fundamental right you have as an American, you know, under the prior regime, under the under the regime of the founders. And which historically, we'd be over. hearing from the ACLU by now. We'd be right. hearing from the New York Times. And instead, what we they're they're absolutely on board with this, absolutely on board with a new state of repression, which is which is chilling. And it makes you wonder about every decision they've made in the past about what their motivations were. So, right. Uh, you know what? To that point, yeah. though, then, okay, so if, if the lawsuit keeps moving forward, and let's say it gets all the way to the Supreme Court, and now we've got them with this smoking gun statement that, as you pointed out, she read, we are flagging them for, right? Like, what what is that, at the end of that, what is that? Like, I mean, could it topple the administration? I know that sort of sounds nuts, but it's like, if they found out that Biden knew that they were actually using the levers of power to censor speech, like, I mean, is that completely crazy? I think nothing's yes. crazy at this point. Nothing is crazy, but I do think that the political damage does have the potential to be great. I mean, just Democrats don't resign. The, the last person to make that mistake was Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo, <laughs> I think, from SNL, maybe, 1974. If you think about it, though, it's actually an entirely apt, uh, you know, uh, Al Franken, of course, uh, who was a, a, actually a, a little bit funnier. Um, Democrats don't resign, and, and and Biden would would not have to resign, or whoever is president at the time. But I do think that there would be some very substantial damage, and 
well, you know, what, what you'd be looking here would for here would be not only a sweeping opinion, but also restraints. In other words, the government would be prohibited under an injunction from anything from doing anything of this nature. I don't I, you know, you, you asked about discovery before. I suppose one of the things we'd like to know is not only with respect to to the, the immediate banning of, of Rogan, uh, but also how long has this been going on? For, the, for, for years now, we've been hearing private company, private company. You are no longer a private company when you become an agency of the government. Was this something that was just rolled out for the election? That becomes harder to believe. I think what they're, what they're, what they're doing now is being more comfortable with admitting it and with doing it. But if it's been something that's been going on retroactively for a long time, I, I think what it has the potential to topple is not uh, a particular presidential administration, but perhaps the entire regime of the supranational state of Twitter and the supranational state of Facebook. All right, you know what? I said I was gonna drop the second story, but it's actually totally related to all of this because for a week now with everything happening in Cuba, um, you know, no Democrats basically have said anything bad about communism. If anything, they've subtly endorsed it or not said anything like AOC and Omar and Bernie and the rest of them. But yesterday, uh, Biden actually did say the C word and he kind of condemned it in his sleepy way. Uh, take a look at this clip. Communism is a fail system, universally fail system. And uh, I don't see socialism as a very useful substitute, but that's another story. Cuba is a, uh, unfortunately, a failed state in repressing uh, their citizens. Boy, inspirational, huh? That guy, could he wake up a lot of people? Um, all right, let's just do this real quick, one, one shot for each of you. I mean, that, he choked that out to me. Like, there's just nothing behind it. And they are socialists, and that's not that far from communist. David, am I overstating this? Yeah, I mean, Joe Biden has been in political life for so many decades, and and you know, I think his uh, his his brain is mush at this point. So sometimes an old script would pop will pop into his head, maybe from nineteen you know eighty five or something like that. And um, I've got a feeling that's what happened here. Um, I know I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, that they they uh, they denied him a scoop of ice cream uh, that evening. Yeah. At, at the uh, at the White House and, you know, had him had him sit alone in a corner after uh, after giving that speech. Right. When Trump has ice cream, it's national news. Biden gets ice cream and it's like the greatest thing ever. Uh, Rogan, I mean, at this point, do you think they are the Democrats in effect are socialists? Like, is there any meaningful distinction between the average Democrat at this point and a socialist, which, of course, is only a stone's throw away from a communist? You know, anytime I call Democrats socialists or communists, I always get people in the comments, do you even know what communism is? Do you even know what socialism is? I think they're just flagrant authoritarians and the economic system is really just secondary to the crushing government power that they want to enact on, you know, these peasants that inhabit this beautiful country. You know, we went from Ronald Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall right in his face to, uh, hey, Mr. Castro, could you, uh, you know, maybe sort of kind of be nicer? <laughs> Socialism isn't so good. I mean, come on. Ron, you're not acting as uh, Rogan's lawyer in this capacity. Are they socialists? Oh, I think you're muted, Ron. You you see what they did? They're trying to silence me. <laughs> They're not socialists. They are, first of all, it depends on who we mean by they. 
the Democrats who are in charge of the Democratic Party are not socialists. They're not interested in the redistribution of wealth. They have a great deal of that wealth. They're not interested in the change of, uh, of management or, or ownership of the means of production. They don't, none of them has even read Marx. They are crony capitalists. What they are doing is playing to their left-wing base mm -hmm. and activist and donor base which, you know, as being a Bolshevik-style party, this is the one thing that the Democrats will always have over the Republicans, which is that they have party and message discipline. And the rule among Democrats is no enemies to the left ever. So whatever it takes. Yeah, it's actually a great point. Like, Pelosi is not willing to give up her hundreds of millions of dollars and the ton of money she made on uh, Wall Street this week. So she's not a socialist in that regard. She's just messaging to those guys. All right, we got one more just for two minutes. And I'm sure you guys heard last night, I almost uh, killed somebody because I was sitting there having a drink after dinner. And then it was announced that LA is gonna have a mask mandate. I just wanna be very clear. I am not wearing a mask anymore, period. These people are all frauds and ridiculous buffoons. Gavin Newsom spent $15,000 at French Laundry the, at the height of this thing during lockdowns without a mask. And I don't know, what are they gonna arrest me if I walk into a store as a young, healthy person uh, and try to buy something? I mean, it's just completely ridiculous. There's no science behind it. That's my thoughts. Um, Rogan, what do you think? Mask mandates back in LA. You're in Florida, so you're all right. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been uh, mask-free for a long time. I was unfortunately kicked out of our recent CPAC event uh, that we hosted in Florida in February because, uh, you know, it was in a blue county, Orange County, uh, you know, Orlando, which is heavily blue. Um, and, you know, Governor Ron DeSantis got rid of the statewide mask mandate. I lived in an area where it wasn't strongly enforced. And I went to that CPAC conference. And I said, listen, this is Florida. We have to set the example. We're not mask drones. I got kicked out, um, not by CPAC, by high security. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's such a farce. I, I don't know how they keep playing this game uh, when you see how open Florida is. We have concerts with 60,000 people yep. and no spike in cases. So, uh, you know, and again, either the vaccine works or it doesn't. And if they're pushing this vaccine, if so many people, especially in bluer areas, have gotten the vaccine, why are they worried about what happens to anyone else? If they don't want the vaccine, that's their choice at this point. Well, the new meme is not that it doesn't work, but that you will get a somehow lesser degree of COVID, especially related to the Delta variant. That, that's what they're telling us. Uh, David, has this all just taught you something about human nature that perhaps we all knew, but we were afraid to admit? Yeah, we, we love... Um we love to control others, or let's say there are some of us who love to control <laughs> yeah. others. And, um, uh, and it doesn't even really matter what, uh, what the, the, the criteria is or, or, or what anyone is saying. It's just, uh, it's, it's just very simple. I mean, you know, the answer, my answer here is just move to Florida. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not working sure on it. what. I'm working on it. I yeah, see yeah. you down there. We, we, you know, we're, you know, give me, give me some I, time here. We move with the company. One thing at a time. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy, but, but this is, uh, you know, these are the, these are the, the steps that have to be made. You know, not everybody can, can, you know, just stand up on a dime and say, okay, I'm leaving. But, uh, but everyone can begin that conversation, at least in their, in their minds and, and with their, with their families and figure out, oh, I want to be where I'm surrounded by people who don't hate me, who don't want to, um, you know, make me a prisoner of these absurd mask mandates. And, um, and you know, it's, it's, just, it's just better here in every way. 
And you know what? This is also having a, a, um, a salutary effect in the sense that there are a lot of folks, millions of Americans who didn't give a damn about politics before. And they didn't understand how it could affect their lives. And now they can. Mm-hmm. And they see that these decisions made by a Newsom um, versus a similar decisions made by a DeSantis are worlds apart. And they really do affect their lives. And this is why this stuff means something. That's yeah. why it's important to, to take part in this process. By the way, I will never say anything nice about Gavin Newsom, and I think he is Christian Bale from American Psycho, but I have a feeling he's against the LA mask thing because this has to work against him in the recall. Right. But Ron, now as the lawyer, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you finish up here and I'm gonna put you on the spot. Can you give me some legal advice if I walk into my supermarket without a mask and, and they stop me and I say, Who's well, the, you know, just an employee or a security guard or something and says, uh, put on your mask. And I say, well, actually, this is against CDC guidelines. It's against California state guidelines. I'm young and healthy and I'm just going to walk in and buy a box of Frosted Flakes. I won't cough on anybody or kill grandma. What what legal trouble could I be in at that point? Like what le- these mandates, what legal heft do they have? They have as much legal heft as the supermarket, in your example, wants to give them. So if you, if they're gonna maintain a rule because they're gonna maybe get pressured by the local government or because they're run by a, you know, woke people or whatever the case may be, you might have to do like David Reboy and find another place to shop because it, that, that is a private company. Right. Uh, so you don't, have, you don't have a legal right to ignore the, the, the mask mandate in a private environment. Uh, if they want to rest you on the street, if they made an outdoor mandate, then we can talk. But you know, we've we've taken you know we, we've pushed back on California pretty pretty heavily, and they're paying a lot of legal fees to a lot of law firms, including ours, on the on COVID-related uh, power grabs. But you're gonna have to choose a better supermarket. Yeah, ironically, because of our ridiculous progressive DA here in Los Angeles, George Gascon, who was the DA in San Francisco and ruined that city, they don't arrest you right now, or they won't charge you with trespassing or resisting arrest. So I'm pretty sure right, you can go, you can go to the sure supermarket okay. and shoplift, but you can't go to the supermarket and breathe. <laughs> That's a perfect ending. Guys, uh, I thank you for joining me on this Friday. Have a good weekend, and I'll, of course, have you guys back for sure. And. Unfortunately, this stuff just ain't going anywhere, and I'm just gonna finish up solo for a minute or two. Uh, So I thank Rogan, David, and Ron. And uh, for you guys, man, this mask thing. I mean, I I really, last night, I I almost had like a conniption. My my brain almost exploded. Like, it's all nonsense, it's all BS. Look, I am not sitting here as a representative of the CDC. I am not sitting here as a scientist. I am sitting here as someone with a little bit of common sense. I gotta tell you, in the last three weeks in LA, as things opened up, there really was a feeling like things are getting better, it's gonna be okay. I, I've said from beat one, like when, when people ask me, when David Raboy asks me, you know, what are you doing there? Look, what are you still doing in California in essence? Um, I've said from day one, I wanted to stay and fight. That was my plan with Michael Knowles at the beginning of lockdown. Then of course Daily Wire moved to Tennessee and Knowles went with him. Um, but I've, I've also been saying that I wanna stay through this recall. Larry Elder just got in. Uh, Larry Elder I hold uh, like in the highest possible place in terms of like the political pundit, thinker, fighter class, okay? He's got the right ideas, born in LA, he's, he's ready to fight. I'm gonna have him here in studio on Monday 
and we will talk about this. I, I hope he has a chance. I will promote in any possible way. But if we imagine if we could break through, like imagine if Gavin Newsom loses the recall and Larry Elder became the governor. Like it's possible. Maybe we can start reversing some of this stuff. And and when I say reversing some of this stuff, it's not just about lockdowns. It's about what we spent the first 25 minutes of the show talking about, which is all of the censorship stuff too. Like we now have a, an administration that is working with big tech to silence us. We have state governments in blue states that are actively trying to go anti-science. What what LA is doing is against the CDC, and we're told that the CDC is science, right? Palpatine, I am the Senate. Um, so we've got our work cut out for us. That seems to be the uh, the statement that I make at every at the end of every show. Uh, but I'm glad to be in the fight with you guys. And one way or another, we're going to be all right. Like I really just I believe that, and we just need more of you guys to keep fighting. So I thank you guys for watching. If you want to play along over the weekend, and look, oh, I guess my YouTube channel might have just got blown up, or could be there could be a meeting right now. Susan at YouTube could be having a meeting. You know, Rogan said something a few minutes ago. He's a free man, and but Ruben let him on. Join us, rubenreport.locals.com. We don't coordinate with the government, and I don't care what you say, and if you break the law, uh, you got a bigger problem than Dave Rubin. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.